What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Entrepreneurism Podcast here with my friend Tim Fitzpatrick. Tim is the president of Rialto Marketing, and today he's going to be talking about the fundamental marketing secrets to stop wasting money. Tim, what's going on, man? Brady, thanks for having me, man. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on, man. So before we dive into these fundamental marketing secrets and how you got started at Rialto Marketing, I always ask this first question, what's the dumbest thing you've ever spent money on? <laughs> I, you know what? I would just say in general, things. Buying things rather than experiences. So when I was younger, I was more focused on things. The older I get, the more focused I am on experiences because the experiences right. bring you the memories. Most of the time you buy the things and they aren't quite as great as you think they are. Exactly. Exactly. And that, it, I mean, you know, I'm only 24, so I'm young, but I do agree with that. Right. Cause I think you buy a thing for the moment, but yes. when you experience something it lasts forever, as cliche as that sounds, it's the yep. truth, you know, but, okay. um, let's go ahead and dive into these marketing secrets. But before tell my audience a little bit about yourself beyond Rialto marketing. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I, there are some entrepreneurs that you know, have always been entrepreneurial. I am not one of those people. I kind of fell into being an entrepreneur when I graduated from college in 96. I ended up getting involved in a wholesale distribution company. And I was the first full-time employee of that company. And I managed it day to day for over 10 years. And we grew at about 60% a year before we sold it. And that was where I got hooked. You know, I got involved in that and just loved it. I learned more doing that in six months than I did in four years of college. So right. that's where my journey started and just love doing it. And I've had successes and failures along the way, but that's, that's part of the path, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest thing too, especially the foundation of this podcast is, you know, I, I can find people successes online. You can generally just search someone's name success sure. and you can find it, but it's the struggles, right? I think it's the struggles that allows entrepreneurs to actually connect with one another because you know, you're in marketing, social yep. media portrays this lifestyle of an entrepreneur that's sexy and attractive. And there's a lot of times it sucks, you know, you're yep. up early, oh, yeah. you're staying up late, uh, you can't make payroll, you can't pay yourself, whatever. So that I'm glad that you mentioned that, but let's dive into these marketing secrets, right? I think a lot of people nowadays, you know, they have a good service, they have a good product, but they can't get people aware of it. So right. what's the fundamental aspect of, of creating that awareness around an actually good product or service? Yeah, I love, uh, so I love that point, Brady, because it's, I always tell people, you can have the best product or service in the world, but if you don't have marketing, bringing new customers in, none of that matters. Exactly. So it's marketing is so, so critical. And it's really important for people to see it as an investment rather than an expense. Because if you see it as an expense, especially with what's going on right now, you're going to cut it. And that you just can't do that. You have to invest month after month and you will start to get that return. But I love focusing on the marketing fundamentals because the fundamentals in anything, they don't change. If I'm trying to hit a golf ball, the fundamentals of hitting a golf ball are the same today as they were 25 years ago and they'll be the same 25 years from now. So whatever discipline you're in, you've got to get the fundamentals in place first. And mm -hmm. with marketing, it's so easy to skip the fundamentals. There's so many different tactics now. I mean, you get, you know, hey, you need to be on TikTok this week or you need to, you know, start a podcast. 
it's so confusing for most people and they just jump into the tactics, throwing spaghetti up against a wall, hoping that some of it's going to stick and inevitably it doesn't. And most of the time we can trace those back to a fundamental that was skipped. So when I look at the fundamentals, I call them the marketing strategy trilogy. You got to know who your target market is. Mm. You have to have good messaging, you know, what you say and how you say it matters. And then you got to have a plan that you can follow. So those are the three fundamentals. If you get those nailed down, you will stop wasting money, right? People waste money because they go, oh, I need to do SEO. They throw that money up against the wall and it doesn't work because they're driving traffic back to a website that doesn't say anything, you know, or doesn't engage their target market or they're attracting the wrong people to their business and they don't convert. They skip the fundamentals and just started spending money or just started doing stuff you can't do that. It's like building a house without a foundation. So when I look at your target market first, right, you have to understand who your ideal clients are. Most businesses have anywhere from one to three ideal client types. Just because you're going to focus on attracting those one to three types of people doesn't mean that's the only type of people you're going to do business with. It just means those are the people you're going to focus your marketing efforts on because you can't, a lot of people say, well, I mean, when we all first get into business, like anybody that has a heartbeat, right? But we find out that those aren't, a lot of those people aren't good customers, you know? So we really need to dig deep and start looking at, you know, who are we going to serve? How are we going to serve them? And the best place for most businesses to start, especially if they're existing businesses is who do you love working with, you know, out of your customer base? Who do you do the best work for? And who are your most profitable clients? Where those start to overlap, that's a great place to start and look at that group of people to start to identify, hey, what characteristics do these people have? You know, what are they like? What are their goals? What problems are they having? And inevitably, you can start to see groups form within that, within that larger group. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can start to pinpoint who your ideal clients are. But when you know who your ideal clients are, all of a sudden it becomes so much easier to reach those people. It gives you direction and focus, you know, because if I'm trying to reach say just coaches and consultants, okay, great. Where are they online? What right. groups do they belong to? You know, what Facebook groups are they involved in? What people do they follow? You know, what associations do they belong to? It's so much easier because then I'm like, okay, great. I know exactly where I need to go to stay in front of these people and attract those people. But if I'm trying to reach every small business owner, it becomes tough, right? Right. And, and I think that's an interesting thing too. I, I read a book called Copywriting Secrets. You might've yep. read it before. Yes. Uh, but he talks about the difference between demographics and psychographics. Yes. Demographics are important, right? But he mentions psychographics are even more important because if you say my target audience is male 25 to 40 business owner, that's it. That's very vague. But if they don't desire your product or they don't fear what you can help them, you know, remove the fear from, then they're not your target audience. So do you discuss that? when you're helping your clients find their target audience about psychographics? Yes, absolutely. Cause you, I think you can get lost in the weeds with the demographics mm-hmm. and 
Yes, I think having a general idea of the demographics is important. But like you said, how people are feeling, what their thoughts are, what their goals are, that's what's actually going to get them to take action. Exactly. You know, and so you, you really want to get to a place where you know your ideal clients better than they know themselves, you know, or they're, or they're thinking when they read a message from you, they're like, oh my God, was Brady a fly on the wall when I was thinking, you know, having this conversation <laughs> last night? That's what you want them to say. And so it's, it's it, that finding that balance of the demographics, but the psychographics, because the psychographics is what is then going to help you create your messaging. Right. But you've got to know who you're trying to reach first and foremost. Then you can start to get involved in the second part of the trilogy, which is your messaging, what you say and how you're going to say it. And we, we follow a storytelling framework. We follow story brand. You said you're, you're in Nashville. Story brand's based out of Nashville. Mm-hmm. I wish I could say I you know, created the whole thing. But you know, they, <laughs> they took a framework, a storytelling framework, and adapted it for messaging. And it just makes sense. You know, tons of people have used it. It's easy. And so when I, when I, when it was brought to me and said, Hey, you need to check this out. I, I, I looked at it. I was like, man, this is so cool. I love this. It just, it really resonated with me. And so we have latched onto that and we use that as a framework to help people create their messaging. And the beautiful thing about it is, you know, people love stories right? They want, to be, they want to be invited into a story. And when you use the framework, that's exactly what you're doing is you're inviting your customer into a story where they're the hero and your business is the guide. Because right. our customers aren't looking for, for heroes. They're looking for a guide that has been where they, where they are currently and can help them get from where they are to where they want to be. Right. You know, the guide in, any, in every story has strength. They have credibility. You know, they show empathy. They know what it's like to be in the hero's shoes. And so using this framework, one, it helps you create clear messaging. Most people try to get clever and cute. And right. we're, we, we have super short attention spans. If I land on your website and I read the top part and I'm like, what? I'm not going to take the time to figure it out. I'm going to somewhere else. Right. So we've got to be clear and we've got to be consistent, right? If people hear a different message from us each week or each month, they're going to get confused. We need to say a clear message consistently that when we understand the psychographics of our ideal clients is going to be engaging, right. that's what is going to, to bring people in and it's going to convert people to, to customers. So, so with the psychographics, uh, cause we mentioned how that's more important than demographics, right? Yeah. So really nailing down, like you, demographics are important to a degree, but psychographics are really how you're going to sell and get yeah. people to resonate with your message, yes. which is part two. So with messaging and focusing primarily on psychographics, do you recommend people not try to push their product or service, but push the results of purchasing their product or service based off the psychographics. Yes. yes. It's the, it's the benefit. It's the success right. element of the story, right? So when you look at the storytelling framework, you've got a hero, they have a problem, they meet a guide that gives them a plan, calls them to action. So they avoid failure and they reach success. So those success elements, those are the benefits, 
the -hmm. results that they're going to experience. And a lot to get really deep, you want to try and get to that, the, you know, the deeper result that they're going to get, right? A lot of people find it's easy to identify the surface level result. Right. So for marketing, you're going to grow your business. Okay, great. But why do I want to grow my business? Maybe it's because I want to feel successful. Maybe it's because, you know, I want to, you know, I want my family to be proud of me. You know, that's the deeper meaning below the surface of I want to grow my business. Right. right? And so that's where you, you want to identify the surface level success elements and benefits, but you also need to get dig below the surface because the stuff that, you know, being and feeling successful, that's the stuff that's really going to drive somebody. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So that's where you're bringing, you're bringing in those benefits in that part of the framework. But what the framework does is it helps you avoid talking about yourself too much. Our customers don't give a shit about us. <laughs> they care about what we can do for them, right? What, how we can help them solve a problem they have and get to a specific result. And too many businesses focus their messaging on themselves and exactly. how great they are. And, and that's going to fall flat. When you use a storytelling framework, it helps you position your customer as the hero and your messaging focuses on them. What's the problem that they have? How can you help them solve it? What failure elements are you going to help them avoid? And what is success going to look like when they work for you or with them when they work with you? You know, and so it's, yes, you need to talk about yourself a little bit to position yourself as somebody that has credibility and authority but you don't need to talk about yourself that much. It's a little bit. And then you start to focus on the customer. That's all, right. because that's all they care about. Well, they mention, he mentions that in the book, copywriting secrets. I believe yep. to Jim Edwards. Yes, it he is. Says, I believe a chapter title, your customer does not care about you. Mm-hmm. Right. And he says, go back and look at say Facebook ads. You know, you have a headline and you have the copy below in the body. And he says, look how many times you say, I or we or us or something like that and remove it yes. because that sways people from wanting to work with you. And I, I, I'm assuming there's some psychological meaning behind that, but it's true, right? Your yeah. customer wants to feel at the top of the pedestal. If they don't, they're going to go somewhere else. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- I remember that exact part of that book, right? He's talking, take out the we and the I, mm-hmm. you need more you in there. Mm-hmm. So we've got, Messaging yep. and finding your target audience. Now we have to devise a plan yes. of actually attacking this marketing in an efficient way. How do you start that plan? Yeah. So first off, I think, my, in my opinion, spending thousands of dollars on a marketing plan that is a, you know, a year-long marketing plan is a waste of money. It's, gonna go, it's, like, a, it's like a business plan. It just goes into a desk drawer. Right. Our businesses are evolving rapidly, especially since this pandemic hit, right? I mean, this pandemic put the brakes on a lot of things for a lot of people. And if you had spent a bunch of money doing a year-long marketing plan, you might as well, you might as well just throw that in the fire, right? Exactly. So I really like to use a 90-day marketing plan. It's a sprint, okay? What that does is it gives you 90 days to focus on something, eliminate distractions, Focus on what you need to do. And then at the end, 
you look at what worked, what didn't, and then you can wash, rinse, and repeat. Okay, but what it does, a marketing plan is going to help you understand when and what you're going to execute on, but it also eliminates distractions so that when you do get that email from, you know, some guru that says, hey, you need to, you know, you need to jump on TikTok today, you have the, where, the wherewithal to go, you know what, this is not in my plan for the next 90 days. That doesn't mean that I'm going to dismiss it, but I'm just going to put it on this, you know, this sheet here that I'm going to come back to at some point, but I'm not going to let it distract me right now because it's not in my plan. So here's what I look at with the marketing plan. 90 days, it's six steps. Okay. The first step is that fundamental of your target market. You know, so just simply, even if it's as simple as writing down just a summary of your, your one to three ideal clients, who are those people? Okay. Put that in the plan. It's just a reminder there of who you are trying to reach and who you want to work for. Right. Your second step is what, what's your marketing goal for the next 90 days? Okay. And this is an, what I typically call an outcome-based goal. So it's, it's specific, it's measurable, you know, it's realistic and it's time bound. So this could be, I want to bring on three new clients by, you know, uh, September 30th. Okay. Very specific. The thing that is important to remember about an outcome-based goal is there's only so much you can do to control that. Right. Right. If I had that goal of bringing on three new clients by the end of March, COVID hit. Okay. Nothing I could do. I may, maybe I did everything I could to hit that goal. That happened. That's beyond my control. So what I like to tell people is it's an outcome based goal. It's important to have because you have to have a goal and you have to have it written down. Right. I think the stat is like, if you write a goal down, you're like 80% more likely to reach it. So you got to write that down, but just realize, don't get too caught up in it because there are going to be things that are beyond your control and actually hitting it. Right. Right. Then you've got to know what your marketing budget and your resources are. So step three is how much money do I have to invest in my marketing and what resources, i.e. time and or people do I have that I can use to help implement this plan? Right. Because if it's just me and I got $500 a month to spend, then I may be able to do X. But if I have $1,000 a month and I have two people on staff that have eight hours a week to spend on it, then I may be able to do Y, right? So we just want to make sure here, this gives us an idea of how much we can bite off in our marketing plan. Because we don't want to bite off more than we can handle. Otherwise, it's going to become overwhelming. And then we're going to, you know, we may end up giving up, which we don't want to have happen. Right. Then in step four, you've got to look at what's your current marketing plan. Most people may say, well, I don't have a plan. That's okay, right? When I look at marketing, I look at eight main things. Your strategy, okay, which is your target marketing, your messaging, we just talked about. Then you've got your website. You have content. You have SEO. You have social media. You have email marketing, you have paid advertising like Google ads or Facebook ads, and then you have offline marketing. Offline marketing might be networking, you know, speaking, uh, direct mail campaigns, those types of things. Right. All you got to do in this initial phase, what have I done in those different channels? 
And if you haven't done anything, it's okay, right? You're not going to be doing all of these, especially at the start, but you have to have an idea of where you're starting from to figure out what you need to do to get to where you want to go. Exactly. It's just like your GPS, right? If I'm, if I'm trying to go to the Denver airport, my GPS isn't being able to tell me how to get there until I first tell it where I'm at right now. Exactly. So in that fourth step, all we're really doing is getting an idea of where we're currently at. Then in the fifth step, I'm going to look at those eight channels again and say, okay, what am I going to focus on for the next 90 days? And I will tell you, if you have skipped strategy, if you don't have good messaging and you do not really understand your target market, you need to start there first and foremost. Okay. Then the next place that I always tell people to start is their website. If your website does not have good messaging, it doesn't speak to your target market, you got to get that dialed in because every other marketing tactic or action that you take is driving people back to that asset. Whether it's offline or online, you're driving people back to your website. So if, if that is not good, the rest of your, your marketing is going to be heavily impacted. Right. Right. So that's all you're going to do is look at what am I going to focus on for the next 90 days? And then the last step is what metrics am I going to track? What am I going to track in the different channels that I'm going to focus on for the next 90 days to see whether the activities I'm taking, the actions I'm taking are having an impact. And then at the end of the 90 days, you look at it. What did I do that worked? What, what did I get done? What worked? What didn't? And then I make my, I make course corrections. You know, I make updates to my current marketing plan, right? Because I've been focusing on some new things for the, for the last 90 days. And then in the next 90 days, I look at, okay, what am I going to do now? And you just wash, rinse and repeat every 90 days. You just think of it like a sprint, you know? And so it's easy. We're, we're, we're trying to not overcomplicate things. It's so easy to overcomplicate marketing. And that's why people get confused. They're like, oh my God, there's too many things to focus on. I give up. Right. But if you try and keep it simple, right? It's, it's very difficult to boil things down to their simplest form. But when you can do that, it just becomes that much easier to implement. Yeah. And I, and I think that what you just talked about, you know, I don't have a background in marketing, but it makes complete sense to me, right? It's simple and it, it makes it less overwhelming, which I, you said people getting confused. I think a lot of it's overwhelm as well, right? Yes, people, absolutely. you know, they start a business and they're like, well, I have this awesome service, this awesome product. You don't have to market it. And they end up just stopping altogether because they, they're just overwhelmed, right? Yep. They don't but I think if you can lay it out, start. You know, there, there's, there's steps one through six and you got some sub steps in, in between those steps. It's easy, right? Yep. And I think this is very, very executable for anyone, you know, new business or, or veteran. Yeah. It's simple. It's simple. Yeah, that's it. And you just, you implement, go and you got to take action, right? right? You're far better off taking imperfect action and learning from it than you are doing nothing. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's never going to be perfect. Well, I mean, to be completely honest with you, Tim, I want to stop there because I think what you just laid out in those action steps is perfect. Right. And I think it's, like I said, attention span. Uh, yep. A lot of people are going to be able to take actual notes from this, you know, one through six yep. and implement it. But before we hop off here, I, I have two more questions. Uh, first one being, let's say, uh, I'm a business owner, 
let's say I have, we'll say 250 bucks a month to invest in marketing. That's it. Okay. What would you um, suggest as far as your past experience of what $250 could be best used for? You know, it's going to depend a little bit on the type of business. Okay. Um, but you know, if it is a, well, one, you got to get these fundamentals dialed in. Okay. So if you don't have a lot of money and you're going to do it yourself, that's okay. All the information we need to be successful in anything is on the internet at this point. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. You know, where we struggle is, is, is the how, and, you know, and sometimes getting in and doing some of these things we realize is not the best use of our time and it's not our expertise, but the information is out there. So if you don't have the money to invest in, in having somebody help you do it, Go, I mean, you can go to our website. We have all kinds of stuff on there, you know, at realtormarketing.com. There's all kinds of resources f- to help you get started. There's all kinds of other websites that have plenty of great marketing information as well. So there's no shortage of that. Start there and get those dialed in. And then, you know, for example, like if I was a local business, you know, a, a restaurant or, you know, a, a service pro- home service provider, somebody like that. I would invest some of that money early on and make sure that I've got good email marketing in place Mm -hmm. to stay in front of and engage my current audience. And I would make sure that I have Google My Business set up and optimized. And then I would have a process in place to consistently ask for reviews. With that kind of money, you could easily do that. 100%. Okay. Yeah. And those are super, super important for local businesses, right? So I'm, and I'm, I'm saying that after I've got my target market, my messaging and my website. Right. Okay. Exactly. For somebody like me, you know, that's a coach or a consultant or a professional service provider. Um, again, I would use some of that money to do what I can to get those fundamentals and my website dialed in. And then if all I had was 250 bucks, again, I would make sure that I've got my email marketing in place. And then what I would do is I would try to get on guest um, podcast spots. Right. Yeah. And just I think get that's a great idea. And, and it's super simple too, right? And, and I think the reason I ask that is because a lot of people starting businesses, uh, they don't have a marketing budget or they don't know they should. And yes. then when you ask, they're like, no, I'm not spending thousands of dollars a month on marketing. Even if they can, it's just not in their mind to do that, right? So I think people just need a starting point financially. So that makes a lot of sense. The ending question, uh, typically on podcasts, people say, you know, what's the number one piece of advice? I think you've laid out your advice already. Yeah. <laughs> but why do you love what you do? And why is it important for other business owners to also love what they do? I one. I just love marketing because it's dynamic. It's, it's changing all the time. The tactics are changing all the time. The fundamentals, as I said, are staying the same, but it's, I just love when we can come in and help somebody who's just, they're, they're frustrated they're, because right. they're confused and come in and help them solve that problem and grow their business and accomplish their goals. It's just, right. Uh, there's nothing better than that. You know, it's uh, my, my mission in life is to just have a positive lasting impact on the people that I come in contact with. And with my business, I have the ability to do that, you know, because marketing is so important. People overlook it. Sometimes, like you said, I don't have the money to do it, but 
man, you got to do it. Cause if you don't, right. you're not going to have a business long term. And it's just, it's tough for a lot of people, but it doesn't have to be that way. So that's why I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Tim, I do appreciate your time. How can my audience get in touch with you? Yeah, they can go to our website, rialtomarketing.com, which is R-I-A-L-T-O marketing.com. I also put together um, some resources on the fundamentals that we talked about for your audience. So if they go to our website and then just go to forward slash entrepreneurism, there's a bunch of free resources there that I think they'll find real helpful. Absolutely. Yeah, guys, go to rialtomarketing.com. I will link that in the description. And Tim, I appreciate your time, man. Yeah, thanks, Brady. It was a pleasure, man.